Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! She returned to my breast and sucked torturously on one nipple and then the other as I squirmed beneath her, wondering how I'd gone this long without Courtney touching me this way. Neil. Oh, shit, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm Neil. I'm Claire. And this is Fuck, Mary Kill, Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Because why not, right? Uh, yeah. Also, all the spoilers forever. All the spoilers. If you've come here for reviews that are sans spoilers... Go away. Yeah, you're going to be sad. Go read the book and then come back. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. read the book. So Claire, yeah. what's got you hot and bothered today? Um, well, last night I went to the circus. Oh. I know. What? Yeah. That's still a thing? That is 100% still a thing. Okay. No, I went to the circus center and oh, they do yeah, yeah, yeah. cabaret nights, so it's oh, very adult. I love a good cabaret. You get cabaret, dr- uh, the cabaret, you get alcoholic drinks. Same thing. To watch with your cabaret, so you get cabaret drinks. <laughs> And these cabaret drinks have alcohol in them. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you watch people do amazing things. <gasps> oh. Oh, good. Like spinning in the air. What? Oh, God. Okay, it was one of those. Okay. And so we're reading romance novels. Right. And there's almost always one of these where these there's two like acrobats on stage doing something and it's intensely romantic. Because oh. the guy must throw her about. Oh. And he does like. How heteronormative. Uh, yes. <laughs> like. Part of me wants to be like, oh, can't we just at once get like a girl in there who's like tossing the man about? Yes. Oh, I want that. Sometimes it's guys. Sometimes the guys are tossing each other about. That's honestly super sexy. <laughs> I'm gonna no, say. I know. I've never actually seen two ladies doing it, though. We <gasps> should write them a strongly worded letter. Fact. Yeah. Anyway, but that was actually what I was going to say. Like, I feel like I see so many and they are so emo. They're so emo. And it's always with some emo, like, we've loved each other forever, come back to me song. You know, like, and it's, like, super intense. And the guy, because, like, the way you have to, I mean, these are exceedingly athletic people. Mm -hmm. So the guy is buff. Buff, buff, buff. And the girl is so compact and teeny yeah. but just made of muscles right very lean right felt. right so then like he can like <laughs> throw her completely vertical in the air and catch her by her feet so she'll be standing or yeah. something and it just like and then like drop her into his arms and then they cradle each other for a little bit in their emo embrace and they're almost always canadian which which is even better it's so funny and to listen to his Quebecois accent, like when it comes <laughs> off stage. <laughs> I am a really good acrobat, huh? <laughs> and, and it kind of breaks the emo illusion, I'm going to be real honest. Like, yeah. It's like, but it's like a different level of sexy. Yes, no, it is. And right. I mean, they're almost always like that unshaped, like they look like people on the cover of one of the books we're reading. Like, yeah. oh, like, they're just yeah. like, like, I love you through the storm of people, you know? Oh, <laughs> I wish I had that in my life. 
Um, but anyway, I highly recommend it. It's actually, it's, it's not too expensive to go. Like, okay. it's only like 20 bucks. Oh. Um, and like, you know, there's levels. So if you want to get closer to the stage or whatever. <sighs> and then the, the drinks the are. splash zone with the sweat. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, <laughs> and the drinks are pretty cheap. And there's clown acts and there's jugglers and there's like acrobatics. Right. It's super fun. Great. And it's like old school clowning, right? Not like Ringling Brothers. And I. I don't know what that means. Because okay. <laughs> if it's like old school European clowning, I'm all on board. It's but all, if it's just like it's crazy all, rainbow wigs and stuff, I want nothing to do with it. It's all kinds of clowning. Oh, okay. So, it, so I would say like, to be fair, like that kind of clowning, rodeo style clowning yeah. is I think where a lot of people feel like that clowning is. But no, these are like highly performative, right? like artistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they do all the makeup and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. It depends. I think my favorite one, it was this girl and it was like she was just this teeny girl and she always had a suitcase and she's she was so cute. And she was this great hoop act. It was amazing. Wow. But yeah, we don't need to go sometime. Okay, yeah. It's super Let's fun. Let's do it. Yeah. Great. Anyway, that was me. Yeah. What about you? What's got you hot and bothered? Okay. So we know that my dating life is a garbage fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's this thing, there's a pandemic sweeping through the world. Maybe my life, I'll say the world. I don't know if it's a guy thing. I don't know if it's a gay guy thing. I don't know if it's a now thing. Ghosting is the devil's diarrhea. Oh. And I don't like it. Oh. So... You know my life. You know I'm very busy. I meet most guys on apps. So, like, we chat before we meet in person, and that's a whole thing. But the, recently, I this guy and I made plans to go meet up at a bar. And I went, and he did not show up. Not only did he not show up, he didn't tell me he wasn't going to show up, and he blocked me on the app. <gasps> what? Yes. What? Yes. What? Yes. So I couldn't even be like, you're an asshole. Like, it... I think ghosting is... Especially in this day and age, when you can just text someone. Just like, you're not coming. Just be like, I'm not coming. And just, like, be a flaky asshole, whatever. So I find ghosting to be really cowardly. Just like, "Mm, I don't want the confrontation. And then to delete some... Or block someone on the app. So that they don't even get the chance to, like, yell at you. Uh. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's start with Strawberry Summer. Sure. And I've got the description. Great. Just because you're through with your past doesn't mean it's through with you. Margaret Berenger didn't have an easy adolescence. She hated her name, was less than popular in school, and always cast aside as the farm kid. However, with the arrival of Courtney Carrington, Margaret's youth sparked into color. Courtney was smart beautiful and put together, everything Margaret wasn't. Who would have imagined that they'd fit together so perfectly? But first loves can scar. Margaret hasn't seen Courtney in years, and that's for the best. But when Courtney loses her father and returns to Tanner Peak to take control of the family store, Margaret comes face to face with her past and the woman she's tried desperately to forget. The fact that Courtney has grown up more beautiful than ever Certainly doesn't help matters. Okay. Sure. So that's what the book says. It says. But (laughs) what does it actually say? (laughs) I mean, that's... Like, I'm sensing this is a theme. 
and you would know better than I being a veteran of romance novels. Like, that's the whole book. Yeah. Well, I think when you're reading these descriptions as a shopper, you're looking for your thing. Oh, okay. So, like, so they have to be geared towards, like, exactly what it is. Like, all romance novels are about the happy ending. Okay. So it's like, and it's how you get to that happy ending. Okay. So I know these two kids are crazy kids are going to get together in the end somehow. Mm -hmm. But so now I'm looking for, like, who are the lovers? And in this case, hey, it's two ladies. Mm -hmm. So I know that now. And I know exactly what kind of ladies they are. Like, mm -hmm. one's, one's a farm mouse and one's a city mouse, you know? So, like... I've got that now. And so then I also know that this is... City les and country les? Yes. You. And so... Such specific leses. And then, like... But then I also know that, like, they uh, they have sexy times in their youth, and then they get back together as adults. And, like... Okay. Honestly, if that's what I'm into... That's a lot of specifics. Yeah, well... But that's exactly, like, what it's all about. I mean, I guess it's kind of like porn. Exactly. Like, there's so much out there, and, like, your very specific thing is... Right. Okay. Okay. So... What happens? First of all, I just have to, like, preface this with this is about a, like, kind of awkward but over high school, queer high school kid. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have a lot of squee moments, just so you know. No, I had a lot of squee moments in this right. book. I but, really... like, especially small town queer high school kids. I'm just like, ugh. Well, and I have to say, like, like this, this book takes place in Southern California. It does. This is right near your hometown. I mean, it's yes It's a fictional no. place. Yeah, but yeah, But it's, yeah. like, in the area. In the area. I think, from the context clues, I think it's up near Bakersfield. Yeah, I think so, too. Which, fortunately, is not my hometown. And it was also, like, 45 minutes from the beach. Fuck yeah, you. Fuck, fuck <laughs> you. But then at some points, it's like, oh, we're three hours from Santa Barbara. I don't know. Anyway, the point of yeah. reference is Santa Barbara. Okay, so uh, let's get into it. So, Margaret Berenger, mm -hmm. who hates her name mm -hmm. and doesn't know what nicknames are, uh, is from the fictional town of Tanner Peak in Southern California, where her family owns a strawberry farm. Uh-huh. And I'm so glad that as soon as she meets Courtney, Courtney points out, oh, it's funny that your last name is Berenger. And your family does berries. Yeah, yeah. Well, I felt like that was the author going, oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, there are a lot of small town puns, like the names of businesses are puns, mm -hmm. and I love it. So we'll get into it. Anyway, so something that, okay, so this book opens in media res. It's the present, mm -hmm. and Margaret and her cousin Berta uh -huh, are uh, walking around town, and Courtney Carrington is there. Also, Courtney Carrington is one of the whitest names I've ever heard in my entire life. This book is full of super white names. Super white names and super white people. Yeah. So, Courtney Carrington shows up. They're adults. And Courtney's like, oh, hey, I'm back in town. Let's hang out. And Margaret's like, I don't have time. Goodbye. <laughs> so that you know right away something terrible has happened. Yes. And then we go back to... The first summer. Yes. So eventually there are five summers and then the present. So this book is structured as this is the first summer, a second summer, or first, I think it skips one. It's first, it, third, it, fourth, fifth. Yeah, it then back skips to the, the second summer, which is like, that was lazy. But <laughs> sure. Um, so then, uh, okay, so we go back to the first summer. It's not quite summer. It's like the last week Oh, sorry. Let me pull up my notes real fast. Because it was just, like, so specific. 
The topic of my presentation, the tactics of persuasion Abraham Lincoln employed on his cabinet members in an effort to abolish slavery. I'm like, what a progressive school. Uh, I, I think like, okay, before we get too far into the plot, I think uh -huh. one of, like, there's so many fantasy elements into in this, in mm -hmm. that like, because it's a sweet romantic fantasy, oh, which is very important in, in all of these things. But like, this is a utopia in some ways. Like here she is, she's in this farm community mm -hmm. in central California. Mm -hmm. And everybody's super chill about her being a lesbian. Right? Yeah, everybody's like, she's like, um, I'm coming out. They're like, yes, you are. We love yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And she's like, I thought it'd be weird. And they're like, why? <laughs> right when she does come out to her parents they're just like so excited for right. her and then of course she gets all embarrassed she's like you guys are weird i'm like be happy with what you have right be happy with your supportive family young lady right but also the whole town is really supportive and right like like everybody at the high school who's jerks and assholes turns out actually they're fine they're they're nice people and right they're just like going through a thing right and then like everybody later is super nice and fine like the whole time and it's something one i really appreciate yeah because i like yeah, to yeah, read yeah. because that's what this is like i want to see a world where everybody's like yeah you're gay okay mm -hmm. look go date that girl she's hot she's <laughs> <laughs> but i also like and i like it like like there's another lesbian in here and they don't date because yes. not everybody's in because just because they're the only two lesbians in town doesn't mean they're automatically for it. Right. And I really like that. Yeah. And so those were all things that I super loved, but it was super utopian. Great. <laughs> also, there's a cat playing with a bird toy in the background, so that's what that noise it's was. It's super listeners. adorable. So, like, if he's an adorable old old cat. like Chubby a, cat. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, okay. So it's that very high school movie thing of, like, they're in third period three weeks before the semester ends or the school year ends. And then a new student comes in. Right. And I'm like, no, she would probably not be there. Like, she probably would have just... Anyway, whatever. Or if she were there three weeks before the end of school, she would have started at first period. Right. That's how schools work. It's like, yeah, show up whenever you want. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's illegal. Anyway, so Courtney Carrington shows up just before the presentation uh, of course, she has big blue eyes and sun-streaked blonde hair. So many blonde people in the books we read. <sighs> anyway, so she comes... Everybody's like, oh, who is this mysterious young woman? Um, and then uh, Margaret does her presentation. Um, and Courtney comes to talk to her afterwards. I was like... I think at lunch, and, and Margaret's with her cousin Berta. Oh, these names. And Courtney's like, can I sit with you? I'm new. What's going on? And then um, Melanie Newcastle, another real white name, mm -hmm. who's like the cheerleader and best friends with Travis, the head of the football team. They both show up, and they're like, come sit with us, Courtney. And Courtney's like, okay, because mm -hmm. like... I'm new. I want to make friends. Like, I chatted with Margaret and Berta. I'm going to, like, go say hi to them. Okay, bye. And then, of course, Margaret's like, oh, well, she's going to be with the popular kids, so she wants nothing to do with me now. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Oh, and Travis is, like, a dumb jock. Melanie's the bitchy cheerleader. Right. Ugh. And, you know, it's, like, everything everything you need from a high school movie yep, story. Yeah, all the cliches whatever. are there. They're right, just right, right. laid right in. And it's real fine. thick, too. Right, right. So then, um, 
Also, we found out that Margaret's mom is a romance novel writer uh-huh. who loves writing Regency stuff. Yeah, well, I think she just gets into Regency stuff later, but at first it's not quite Regency yet. Regardless, she writes Bodice Rippers, yes. and she's very supportive of her queer daughter. So I'm like, is this Claire Rice in the future? <laughs> well, I have always wanted a strawberry farm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, but oh, so here's a couple of things that we need to point out right away. One, Courtney Carrington comes into town. The thing is, her last name is the same as the as the name of the big ass department store that's in the town. Yeah, and it's the only department store in the town. Yeah, that like just opened, which was founded by a man whose Who's last name is Carrington from that town. Who is yeah from that town, and nobody is like, oh wow, she's yeah. I wonder if they're related. It's just like like she has to say it. Right. She has to explain, oh, by the way. Oh, and then Margaret's like, oh, my family owns that the farm. And Courtney's like, oh, Barrington Farm that I drove past? And they're both like, yes, our last names, because this is a Dickensian novel, our names tell us what our professions are. Right. But also, she later says that there's actually lots of strawberry um, yeah. like farms nearby. But this is the I'm like, best. So... She actually probably drew, drove by a bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is the one. So it's fine. And, okay. And I also want to say, like, it's immediately apparent, without having read the description, that these two girls are into each other. Yeah. But Margaret doesn't realize it. No. And then, which is adorable. Right. And I like that. Yeah. It's so super cute. Then the eventually, Courtney is like, hey, let's hang out. And Margaret's like, me? Courtney's like, yes, you. You gave such a great speech about Abraham Lincoln. Let's hang out. What should we do? So Margaret invites her to go swimming. They go the swimming swim at the hole. crick. The crick. It's great. Um, and then they like get to know each other, blah, blah, blah. Margaret mentions that she hates her name. And Courtney's like, what about Maggie? She's like, oh, I never thought of that before. <laughs> I've never heard a nickname for the name Margaret before <laughs> in my life. Nobody's ever called me that. They, well, she does have a nickname and it's... Oh, uh... That slouch. No, it's, it's like skipper. No, or... no, no. It's like scrappy. Scrappy. Scrap. 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 It's scrap. Scrap. It's okay. Scrap. Which, which is like just her brother. Yeah. Calls her yeah. That. And I. Yeah. We don't remember it because she never is called that by anybody else. Just the brother. Except by the brother. Scrapper. 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 And then later by somebody else, but only to cause pain. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So they go swimming, um, and then uh, Melanie, the bitchy cheerleader, has a party at her parents beach house mm-hmm. and obviously invites courtney because she's like i want to be friends with a cool new girl and then courtney's like and we find this out after the fact but courtney's like oh can i bring margaret and so courtney approaches maggie now she goes by maggie um she's like oh melanie invited us to her parents beach house and maggie's like wait what no she invited you and courtney's like no she you can come she said it's fine and i'm like Oh, Courtney, pretty high school girl with her big blue eyes and her sun-streaked blonde hair. You're used to people saying yes to you. Mm -hmm. And you think that the world is such a place that everybody gets along. Yeah. And I really, you know, like, there's something to be sad about that sort of naivete. Right. So, so this But she did not pick up on the social cues that Melanie obviously did not want Maggie to be there. Right. But I would 
I would say like this set up like an interesting thing in the narrative where I really thought that what was going to happen at this beach party was just going to be some kind of social disaster right. where Courtney was going to be suddenly made aware that Maggie was on the outs with all the popular mm-hmm. kids and that she mm-hmm. wasn't a popular kid mm-hmm. and that the popular kids were then going to find out like and then there was going to be a split like Courtney was going to go with the cool kids mm-hmm. and she was going to and like there but that's not what happened no but then what happened was Travis the high the football player comes up to Maggie. Everyone, everyone's like, oh, Maggie, you're actually kind of fun because Maggie, like, drinks for the first time. Right, and she chills out. Yeah, because she says this thing, like, whiskey makes you say things. Brave things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, yes, That's it does. Fact. Anyway, so everyone's like, oh, you're smart, but also fun. Okay. So then Travis approaches Maggie and was like, hey, I'm super into Courtney. Can you, like, help me figure out what she likes so I can, like, get her to like me? And so I thought that was going to be the book. Like, it was going to be Maggie being like, okay, well, like, I'm going to say yeah, because she's not out yet at this point. So she's like, I can't give a good reason not to because they'll think that I'm in love with her. Because, you know, like, paranoia happens when you're in the closet. Um, I thought the book was going to be, like, her being like, I want to help Travis. Or, like, I need to, I feel obligated to help Travis, but I don't want to. But I want Courtney for myself. I thought it was going to be, like, a Cerno de Bergerac kind of thing. Right. That... Courtney would realize that it was Maggie the whole time saying all those things. Yeah. But, so, she, Maggie tells Travis a few things. Like, oh, she likes this and this, and, like, she seems into you, whatever. So then, cut to, like, I don't know, 20 minutes later, Courtney comes up to Maggie's like, we need to talk. Maggie's like, what? So they go off somewhere, and Courtney's like, Travis just kissed me. And Maggie's like, yeah? And Courtney's like, and he said that you said that it was okay if he did that. She's like, yeah, you like him. She's like, no, I don't. And then Courtney kisses her. I know. Ah! It was so exciting. I know, I, like, I know. No, Let but me I see. like you. And she's like, what? Yeah, and her yeah, yeah, mind yeah. is blown. And these two kids, oh, it's so cute. Uh, yeah, let me, I wrote down, because I... You know, love writing down when things happen. I don't know if I wrote this down. Anyway, it's, you know, the first summer. It's in the first few chapters. Yeah. And then they, like, kind of get forgotten about when it's time to go to bed. So all the boys go sleep upstairs. Also, I was surprised that her parents were actually there. I know. I was expecting that to... Right. Because it's teenagers. Because it's teenagers to have a beach house in Santa Barbara. But her parents were actually there. Her parents were actually there. So the boys slept upstairs in the bedrooms and the girls slept downstairs, like, on the floor in the living room or whatever. And Courtney and... Maggie were like way off on one side and they're lying there they're about to fall asleep and Courtney like slips her arm around Maggie's waist Mm -hmm. and they just stay that way they just cuddled all night I know so cute it it really was and then so then and like there's so much to talk about in this book so I feel like we have to like be careful not to just like say everything because it'd take the whole podcast. It's say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, like, I because and I think that's kind of like the the first summer and the third summer are like really establishing yeah. things, and then after that things move pretty quickly. Yeah. So but, I just want to like because yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. very important thing happens is the next morning Maggie Maggie's like, oh, Courtney's just gonna be like. Oh, I was drunk. I made a mistake or whatever. And then it's like, no, that wasn't the case at all. And then they think they're going to date. And then Courtney disappears. Yes. She moves away. Right. Well, but importantly, what happens first is that um, our girl Maggie comes out to her family. Yes. 
And her parents and her brother are like, right. Yay. So, well, she first comes out to her brother, and this was mm-hmm. one of the most adorable scenes, and I loved it dearly. I wrote it down. Like, surely. So, so she, she comes up to her brother, Clay. His brother's mm-hmm. name is Clay. And she says, Clay, I have girl problems. And he's like, okay. And she's like, no, girl problems. And he's like, what? Yeah, and she's like, be cool. Yeah, like, got it. Because he he was like the quarterback when he yeah, was in high yeah, school, yeah. so he's like the popular guy. And oh, I wrote this down too. Like he's still friends with all of his exes. They bring him pies. Yeah. And Courtney's like, oh, he must have been real nice. And then Maggie's like, yeah, he was really nice to his girlfriends, and that's why he gets pie. And then I wrote it out. Hear that straight, guys. Be nice to your girlfriends, be and nice. you might get pie. Might get uh, first kiss was at twenty one percent. I find that. I found that. Uh, Okay, here we go. She's talking to Clay. I need girl advice. This was a big step for me, and I braced myself against his reaction. He quirked an eyebrow. Can we skip the shocked older brother heart to heart? And he says, if you want. And then five minutes later, her parents are like, what's going on? And her brother's like, oh, Maggie has a, or Scrapper has a crush on this girl. And then her mom was like, finally, you finally came out. Yay. And she's like, oh, everybody's weird. They take her out for pizza because they're so happy yeah. for her. <laughs> you like, get a pizza party. I know. It's just like, and she's, oh. she goes off to her room embarrassed, like absolutely saying, God, you guys. But in, and she, on her on the inside, she's saying, I love them so and much. It's like, there's, you guys are such weirdos. And then the next line is like, but they're my weirdos. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just, okay. And it was just, it was so... Wonderful. It was. And when she she finds out that Courtney has left, because Courtney's mother, Beverly Carrington, mm-hmm. ugh, such waspy names. Um, the first time we hear about Beverly, it's like, oh, my mom sleeps a lot. And my first thought was like, oh, prescription pills and Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and it sets up how different their family dynamic right, is. Right, right, right. Like that Maggie is completely supported by her family, mm-hmm. and but then... Uh, she's not. She has like she's an only child, and mm-hmm. her, uh, Courtney's father is obviously some big dick, and her mother mm-hmm. is a depressive. Right. She. It does come out that she's a very like she suffers from depression. Probably. Which, and then I felt bad. I was like, oh, well, my knee jerk reaction. Oh, I'm a bad person. Well. Um. But we find out that so Beverly decides to get a divorce. And so she and Courtney move back to Chicago, which is where Courtney's from. And we find this out because um, Courtney's grandma, Netta, mm-hmm. who's like the town grandma. Right. Like everybody just calls her Netta. Um, breaks the news to, to Maggie. And Maggie's like, oh, I was hoping to get to spend time with her. And Nettie says, me too, Margaret. I was so happy to have her here. We were going to catch up on the time we'd missed. Oh, poor Netta. I love yeah, Netta. Then, yeah, the, well, that's the end of our love for her, though, because she doesn't come back as a yeah, character. She a little bit. I mean, barely. All right. I could have used some more Netta, I'm saying. Always more Netta. Okay, so that's the end of the first summer. And then we go to the third summer. Right. <gasps> it skips over their last year in high school, which was apparently awesome because everybody chilled the fuck out. Right. And yeah, then- like, Travis isn't the high school, the football guy is nice all of a sudden. Like, yeah. he's like, you're dumb... Your dopey older brother or whatever, and you're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah. I mean, Maggie still is a bit not Maggie. I mean, uh, Melanie. Melanie is still a bitch. She works at Curl Up and Die, D Y E, the hair salon. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
And then the cafe where they all hang out is the Berry Good Cafe. Mm-hmm. Like, all these puns. Like, oh, God. Right, so everybody anyway. finishes their last year of high school. Then yeah, they yeah, yeah. finish their first year of college. Uh, Berta goes to UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie goes to community college Maggie goes by. to community college because she, she doesn't really know what she wants to do yet. So she's like, I'm just going to go to community college. And then she's been taking on more... Um, responsibilities at the farm they do this like festival every year and now she's the one who organizes it to give her mom more time to write and so she's like you know like i want to stick around and help out and so she's going to community college and then let me go here Mm. and then courtney just shows up yeah she's like oh hey it's like because she's got an internship with her she has an internship because she wants to take over the business from her father. Mm-hmm. But her dad's like, I don't think women should run a business. So there's that. Um, so she's doing an internship in Tanner Peak. Yep. To at at the department store to um get internship stuff. And then their dating begins in and earnest. And then they're dating again. They go like Courtney says to Maggie, I want to take you out on a date. And Maggie's surprised. Oh my God. <laughs> and part of me is like, girl, like pick up on cues. Just like do it, do it, do it. But then the other part of me is like, no, I'm the exact same way. <laughs> Especially like back then, like, ugh, like someone would have to be like, I'm interested in you. I want to have a date and intercourse. And then be like, oh, I think they might like me. Yeah. Well, and Melanie still... Not Melanie. Oh my God, Maggie. Maggie. Maggie still hasn't dated right. anybody else yet, so yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. she hasn't had like the beginnings of right. like a fuller uh, queer experience. Right. So they go on a date to a fancy restaurant. Except uh, at the restaurant, they have um, oh, uh, it's like oh here we go, salted caramel gelato topped with hot fudge. I'm like, you can't be that. Don't put fudge on gelato. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you are not, you are fancy for nothing. <laughs> you are nothing. Anyway. This is like a big point in the book. And I was like, oh, I guess they ate that. I, <laughs> I was just thinking about what are they sure. going to get it on? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But then um, Maggie drives Courtney home and leaves her at her doorstop. And then they make out on the doorstop. Oh, God. And this was the sexiest scene that we have read so far. It was very sexy. There's a bit uh, where Courtney says, You're so soft, she murmured, and uh, reached the spot where my skin met my underwear, inching my dress up my thighs for better access. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my goodness. I have the vapors. And I want to say, like, this, I think for so much of our friendship, you've been questioning why I read these books. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And this is why. Like, this book completely outlines exactly why I like reading them. All right. Because they're so often very sweet, very (coughs) Mm -hmm. hopeful. People you want to get together, get together. There's lovely, like, sensual sex, but fun, hot Mm -hmm. sex, and then Mm -hmm. angry sex. Like, this book has all those sexes. Right. And then, like... And, like... And then it's a happy ending. Right. Like, why not escape into... I mean, some of these books are trash and they're terrible, but this was a really lovely example of how they can be good. Yeah, but we're about to get into where it turns into a soap opera. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so they kiss... Courtney's dad catches them, is obviously displeased. Oh, God. Well, this was such a 
dumb plot point because it was unnecessary. It was because um, Court or Maggie's like, ooh, what do I do? And she finds out that her mom and Courtney's dad used to date in high school. Also an unnecessary plot point. And then she's like, well, I need to figure out how to like what happens so I can like make him like me. I'm like, girl, you don't need to get him to like you. Just fuck his daughter and be happy. It's fine. Yeah, I know, and the whole time I'm like, is this supposed to be a mystery? Like, am I as the reader supposed mm-hmm. to be going, is this why they broke up and she's mad? Is this why they broke up and she's mad? Right. Is this, like, in every single point, and none of those were the reasons. I know, I know. <laughs> so she's like, how do I fix this? And then it, Travis is going to be working on the farm soon. Mm-hmm. He's becoming close. He's going to, like, be helping Clay, the brother, and all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. There's a point... Uh, Maggie and Courtney like to hang out in the strawberry fields. I really wanted them to, really wanted Maggie to lose her virginity in the strawberry fields. Uh, so did I. But they didn't. No. They did it in a bed, whatever. But they do have sex. They go to Courtney's house because her dad's in New York and they have sex. And it's hot, sweet, adorable sex. It's sexy sex. It is sexy sex. I am, it's a, like this, it was a little quick, the scene, like it was kind of short. But, I mean, to liking. be fair, it was the first time they had sex. It was the first time. But also, and okay, so I do not, I am not familiar with the female anatomy, other than what I've learned in textbooks. Um, but a lesbian friend of mine said that a lot of times she doesn't necessarily want to hook up because if it's late enough, <laughs> women take too long. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it just takes too long. But I feel like that's an opportunity as a writer to, like, to, like, draw it out. Well, which I think this writer does in later scenes. In later scenes. Okay, sure. Anyway. I mean, it's the first, I mean, it's, it's the first time. It's the very first time. They have sex. It's great. They're both into it. Everybody's happy. It's wonderful. And then the next day, Cousin Berta's pregnant. Yep. 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 Uh, turns out, oh, oh, I sk- it's fine, it's not important, yeah, no. but turns out the baby daddy is Travis. Uh-huh. Travis has had a crush on Berta for a couple years, mm-hmm. and they had sex once, and Berta got pregnant. Yeah, at, at, you know, like, education people. Right. Sex education. Right. So then, and Berta wants to, she's obviously, like, just about to be a sophomore in college. I forget what her major was. It was, like, something science-related. It doesn't matter. She it, didn't go. But, yeah, <laughs> she's basically like, well, I'm keeping the baby. Because I have to. And I have to. She's like, there's no question. I'm keeping the baby and I'm dropping out of college. And I'm like, like, okay, yes, that's your choice. But, like, uh, but I also, felt also like, don't. <laughs> this was also, like, accurate, though, for, like, Central Valley. Small town. Small town. Small town values. Yeah. But at the same, uh, sure, it's fine. But then Travis is like. Well, I need to get my shit together yes, and, like, help her raise the baby. They end up together. Later on, they have a couple more kids, and they're, like, happy. And yeah. sure, great. Everything's And Travis fine. works on the farm and slowly gets more and more and more. Yeah. Like, so responsibilities. That, and then we find out that um, uh, Courtney's dad is abusive, which is not a surprise. But he was physically and emotionally abusive to Maggie's mom when they were dating in high school. Yep. 
And, oh, and I wrote... Like, oh, family God. secret stuff. Family Again, secret like, stuff, yeah. I didn't feel like this was... Like, it was interesting, I guess, but you're right. It was totally soap opera, and I didn't actually need it. was, it all happened it. all at once. Like, honestly, the like all that had to be there is, like, he was kind of a jerk and didn't... And kind of controlling of Courtney's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I needed. Yeah, and there's a bit... Oh, God. I wrote down, like, um, Maggie approaches... Um, oh, they have sex at 41%, by the oh, way. Um, Maggie approaches Courtney and was like, I found out that your father was abusive to my mother. Is that still the case? And Courtney's like, yeah, he abused my mom. And then Maggie was like, did he abuse you? She's like, he was awful. He hit me a couple times, but like, I'm fine. I'll deal with it. I'm fine. And Maggie's like, that's terrible. Are you okay? Like, how can I help you? And I wrote down, that's how you have that conversation, Lord Gabriel, Lord St. Vincent. (laughs) You don't threaten to kill anyone. You make sure the victim is all right and see what you can do to help them. Yep. Yep. That's exactly how you handle that. So a high schooler is better adjusted than someone of the landed gentry. Well, I mean, we all knew that. (laughs) Okay. So then um, Courtney disappears again because she's going to Northwestern. So she has to go back to school. So they start a long-distance relationship. So they sort of, yeah. And so then there's... Oh, also, I think this is the point where um, we find out Courtney has never had sex with another woman before. Mm-hmm. But she has had sex with men. And she's mm-hmm. attracted to both genders. Right. And Maggie's like, oh, so you're bi. And Courtney's like... I don't like labels. I don't... Like, do I do I even need to, like, put what a did, label to this? What did you and, feel about that? Um, I was okay with it. Like... I, that's, I mean, that's the thing about, like, queer identity, right? And, like, gender identity. It's, like, whatever you want. And the fact that she's, like, I'm just attracted to, like, the people that I'm attracted to. And there's no reason for me to have to, like, put labels on that. I'm, like, good for you. Go, you do you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But I did also understand why that kind of freaked Maggie out. Right. Who, one, hasn't had a whole lot of experiences, is in love with this girl, mm-hmm. and is... A lesbian. Mm-hmm. Like, she is not interested in having sex with men. Yeah. Is not interested in, like, experimenting outside of that. And was like, but her love is. Right. And, like, that was, like, I could see from Maggie's. Ex- yeah. But that becomes an issue later when Courtney is like, oh, my friend Pete or whomever. Every time Courtney brought up guys. Brought up anyone. Yeah. So it's this sort of thing that I'm tired of. It's like if you're dating someone who is bi or pansexual or like doesn't define necessarily, like I only am attracted to this one gender. Like when somebody's dating them, it's like, oh, I have to be jealous of everyone now. Mm. It's like, no, that's not how it goes. But also Maggie was aware of that. She's like, I sound like a dumbass. I sound awful. But she couldn't stop herself. And I'm like, okay, we've been there. Yeah. We all understand that. Um. So then there's the fourth summer. Um, oh, the fourth summer. The fourth summer. Maggie's still there. She has her own little cottage on the farm. Um, she is almost done doing her business administration bachelor's that she's been like, she's been doing that and then also working on the farm. So she's like on track to like get her bachelor's mm-hmm. and get her life in order and i'm like great for you girl she's thinking about real estate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not um, buying real estate being in real estate yes 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 um and then uh lewis starts working on the farm we forgot to mention him he's the nerdy kid he's been in love with berta this whole time um 
but he's working on the farm and then is also uh like not okay with the yeah. fact that Berta and Travis ended up together. Like he he's become an alcoholic. Yeah, and he's depressed and he's yeah. like not working very hard he's on the farm. He's not showing up and not giving notice, like and that kind of thing. Everybody's trying to be really cool about it because he's, you know, a friend of everybody, but mm-hmm. it's been hard and Berta's like, Oh, this guy who's been following me around my whole life is being weird and yeah. everybody's like, It's probably fine. Yeah. Cor- and immediately er, I was like, Mm-mm. Maggie's like I'm going to be real nice to him and that'll shake him out of this. I'm like, that's not, that's not how that, how that, that works. works. Um, so then Courtney comes back and because they have a long distance relationship. And yeah. So she comes that. back and they're like, um, kind of on the rocks because like we said, Maggie's super jealous of like all of her friends that she's, she's like, she, she, Maggie feels that Courtney has this whole other life that she's not even part of. Well, I feel like it's fair though. It's like a transition period. It's like, we've been together now a really long time. Mm-hmm. We have these separate lives, but like, I want us to get together. Right. Cause and, they only ever see each other for three months right. at a time. Yeah. And they're like really far away. And mm-hmm. so then Courtney's like, then move with me to Chicago. Right. And Maggie's, takes her time but it's like yeah yeah she yeah. Totally, totes do that yeah um and then clay dies oh bum 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 yeah lewis is like drunk and i was like i ought to drive the tractor you will let me drive the tractor and then clay's like no get your ass off the tractor and then the tractor like not capsizes that's what boats do flips over yeah flips over and, and crushes clay yeah clay is dead yeah so clay the brother Mm-hmm. of Maggie that we love that we told this wonderful story about yeah like and, and this is at her going away party right she's like just about ready to leave yeah and then he is dead like and it was an emotional scene it was it was like it was the he, way they're that like, don't look don't look and she's like I know like what's happening and, we're, and it's like the whole time as the reader you're like wait Wait, who died? And I thought it was Travis. It leads you to believe that right. it's Travis. And then you think, like, no, it was Lewis, because Lewis is suicidal. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. Like, no, no, not Clay, Clay, not Clay, not Clay. And that chapter ended with, I had taken a picture of him a few minutes before, new paragraph, just a few minutes. Yeah. Or something like that. And it's just like, uh, but then also almost all of these chapters and with two one-sentence paragraphs right after each other, I'm like, pick something else, pick something else. Also... Another thing that happened that summer, Melanie approached, who's still a bitch, like nobody's friends with her anymore, not even the popular kids from high school. Melanie approaches Maggie and's like, people are saying that you and Courtney are a thing. And Maggie's like, yeah. And Melanie's like, you don't care that everyone knows that you're a lesbian? Maggie's like, no. Melanie's like, oh, because I think I'm one. <laughs> and that's the end of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and Maggie is like, Wah? <laughs> so then the fifth summer. Yeah. So a year goes by. So uh, moving plans are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Courtney or Maggie is just like, Too I depressed. can't. I have to stick around and help my family. Courtney's co- totally chill with it. Yeah. Travis has taken over Clay's duties on the farm. So like she's still in mourning. Like she hasn't really bounced back. But then, I mean, like... Not a lot happens in the summer, but basically at one point, Courtney is like, okay, it's been a year. I've given you a year. Are you going to come to Chicago with me? And Maggie's like, "Uh, I don't know. And then Courtney's like, because I feel like a summer fling. Like every summer, I feel like your summer fling. Maggie's like, well, that's not it. And then Courtney's like, okay, then come to Chicago and be with me. 
And Maggie can't. And then she leaves. And then they don't talk. They break up. They break up. And it's real rough. And then we're back in the present, which is like five years later? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Maggie and Melanie are besties. Yeah. Melanie is so sassy. And I love it so much. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. She was like, I was a bitch because I was an unhappy closeted lesbian. And now I'm a bitch because I'm a sassy lesbian who's proud of it. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I, yes, 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 yes. And Maggie's so like, like shaking herself out of her depression. I think in, in a large part because of this new friendship with Melanie. Right. And so they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they go, go to lesbian bars together. Oh, they, oh my God. They get, you have to say the name of this Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I wrote it down. Amazing. Oh, shit. What is it? It's like um, Cricket's. It's like Cricket's Lesbian Bar, bar and, and grill yes. or something. And like no gay or lesbian bar has the word gay or lesbian in the Which name. Which just means like this is more of a utopia. When I was telling my husband about this, mm-hmm. he's like, well, they had to say the lesbian bar because I'm sure it like services like 32 counties or something. Like- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true. Like, that, very clear. Right, right, right. It's crickets. Lesbian bar. Lesbian bar. Lesbian bar. We're not doing. We're not saying whispers. We're not saying like secrets. It's none of none of that. Yeah. It's like no. It's a lesbian. It's everybody. A lesbian bar. Okay. <laughs> so then to catch us all up, Travis. Oh, and lesbian book club. They go to lesbian. They book do club. have a lesbian book club. Uh, that they have to go like three towns over. Oh! <laughs> right. Okay. So to catch everyone up, uh, Maggie is in real. Goes by Margaret again after the breakup. She's Margaret again. Margaret's in real estate mm-hmm. in Tanner Peak. Um, Berta and Travis have three kids. Uh, Travis is, has basically taken over for Clay on the farm. Mm -hmm. And like, it's at the point now that it's like, okay, well, he's going to take over when the dad retires. So everybody seems to be doing great. And then Courtney shows up. Bum, bum, bum. And she's like, I'm here for the summer. Can you help me find a house to live in? Okay. Now I have to say this. Courtney is being so obvious. The whole time. She's like, I don't like this house. Show me oh, another house. We miss an important, I don't like this we miss house. an important thing. What? I'm so sorry. No, it's I my apologize. fault. Apologize. It's my fault. Because this is important for the breakup. Yeah. So, uh, our girl, Maggie, uh-huh. does realize she's made a terrible mistake. Yes. Letting Courtney walk out of her yes. life. And she's like, no. <gasps> oh, I forgot. Oh, shit. I forgot. I'm a... Oh, God. And I took such copious notes no. and I haven't been looking at them. Okay. So before the present, the last summer, when Maggie's like, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to make the big plunge. She buys plane tickets to Chicago and then finds out that Courtney got married. Yes. She like, married a senator's son. It's in the New York Times. In a courthouse. Yes. And I'm like, well, obviously he's gay. Because his family wants to marry him off as quick as possible. That the senator's son's all like, no, a courthouse wedding is fine. Yeah. <sighs> also, though, I have to say, like, and then Maggie is legitimately and should be heartbroken yes. that this happened. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happened quickly. And yeah. Uh, but I'm also going to have to say, girl, call her. <laughs> right? It's like she, fr- do you know what, do you know what I think this is? Is the writer was like writing about something inspired by her childhood. And then in writing it was like, oh shit, texting is a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll just throw that in there sometimes. Yeah, no, like for the majority of this book, I was like, 
when does this take place? Yes. Because there's only like twice they mention cell phones. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, cell phones would have solved a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. In <laughs> most of life, yeah. cell phones would have solved a but lot like, of problems. And it, the whole time they've been in cell phone time. Yes. Yeah, the, the whole time. Cell phone time. <laughs> the whole time is cell phone time. But I thought for sure it was the 80s for a little bit. Yeah. But it was not. It was cell phone it time. It was cell phone time. <laughs> Okay, so Courtney's back, and she's like, show me all these houses. No, I don't like this one. Show me another one. No, I don't like this one. Show me another one. And then Maggie's like, what is she doing? Why is she so picky about these houses when she's only... Oh, she's in love with you we trying to get you We all know. We all know. All of us know that she's making an excuse to hang out with you. But Maggie is so dense, and I want to be angry at her, but at the same time, she's like... I don't understand that people would be attracted to me. And I'm like, oh, I feel you, girl. <laughs> All right. But yeah, this book like, brought up a bunch of issues oh, for me. I'm like, oh, I am this and, person. But the whole time, like, everybody's like, Maggie, you have gotten sexy in yeah. your mid-20s. She, like, makes a bit of an effort on her appearance. And then also, the town has a Facebook page, which is basically a gossip column <laughs> that is mostly run by Melanie. And she's like, what? People want to know. But there's one point where they're at the cafe. She works in a salon. It gets yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's a point where they go to the cafe and like the owner approaches Maggie and is like, so I hear you've been seen with Courtney. And Maggie's like, no, it's fine. Whatever. And the owner's like, everybody's really rooting for you too. Yes. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, this is the sweetest little town. I know. The, the town isn't like, look at the lesbians. It's like, I hope they get back to yeah, they're like, oh, like everybody knows, like Courtney Carrington of Carringtons. Like she's fancy, she's from money, and it's like, oh, and cute little Maggie, she's so sweet from the strawberry farm, and they want them to be together so badly. <laughs> the whole town. The whole town. Okay, so then there's the book club. Uh, Courtney gets real close and personal in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Maggie's like, leave me alone. And Courtney's like, let me just get this frosting off of your face or whatever. I don't like it. Then they start up a casual sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And Maggie's like, I'm fine. And Berta's like, you're not. This is a terrible idea. And I'm like, yes, Berta, you are correct. Mm -hmm. Listen to the woman who now runs the salon and has three children. She knows what's up. And then they, oh, there was the, the first time that um, in, in, in this new iteration of their lives, like since starting the casual sexual relationship, Courtney comes over to Maggie's house, the little cottage, and she's about to make her dinner. But then like she shows up and it's like, no, we're just skipping to the sex. And then she said, like the chapter ends with, um, I fell asleep around two after, you know, the great sex. It's like, I was exhausted. I fell asleep around two. When I woke up again after three, Courtney was already gone. Yeah, I was... <sighs> yeah. And it was... Uh, I didn't like that part. So yeah. it was like, this, this... And it told me no feelings about who felt what about that. Right. Like, it was like, is it okay that she's gone? Is it not okay? Well, no, we, fine. And it was we all know that Maggie's just telling herself, like, no, it's fine. I'm a mature adult. I can have a sexual, casual sexual relationship with my ex that I'm in love with. And everyone, including us, are like, no, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. Anyway, so then there's, like, more of a blow-up, whatever. Courtney goes back to... Courtney tells Maggie, like, this whole time, like, I've... I've been making, like, she goes with the first house. And she's like, I've been making excuses to see you. And Maggie's like, what? And we're like, uh, yes, obviously. And then Courtney says something along the lines of, like, you never fought for me. Why did you never fight I for know, me? I know, and I, I agreed with Courtney. Right. I was like, yeah. And then she goes back to Chicago. 
Mm-hmm. And then Maggie's like, fuck it. She's like, I'm going to strap on my big girl ovaries. And she goes to Chicago. She shows up at her office. And everybody who works there is like, I don't know you. You don't have an appointment. Here's her office. <laughs> no, it's like this huge department store. Like, right, right. Like she goes through walking like... Walking into the CEO's office of Macy's. Right. <laughs> she goes through two receptionists and one of Courtney's co-workers. And all three of them are like, oh, here you go. Yeah, but you actually, But actually, Courtney's receptionist is like, are you Margaret? Yeah. I've heard about you. Yeah, we're Toad's friends, so it's okay. Here's Courtney's address. Get her, girl. Right. <laughs> um, oh, and then also, oh, they had a fight about the the marriage, and Courtney's like, he was there for me, and you weren't. I'm like, that's not how you deal with a breakup. If you are going through a breakup, do not get married to someone. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> Ugh such a bad idea. It does not reflect... Good judgment. No, no. Anyway, so Maggie shows up at Courtney's house and Courtney's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, I'm ready to move here. I want us to be together. And then Courtney's like, oh, that's so sweet. I'll split my time. I'll I'll hang out and I'll like do my home base in Tanner Peak and I'll have to come here a lot. And they're like, problem solved. Yeah. Everything's fine. Well, and actually that was already, she was going to do that. Right, right. Because we walk into the apartment and she's already packing She's up. already packing up. Yeah. yeah. It was like, and part of me is like, I can understand. Another part of me is like, guys, just like have a real conversation about these things. The Courtney's like, I just need to know that you were willing to move to Chicago, but you don't actually have to. Now that I know that you would, you don't have to. Yeah. And I'm like, is this the fucking Old Testament? Kill your kid? No, I just wanted to make sure you could. That's not healthy. No. That is not a healthy way to like gauge people's feelings towards you. No, and everybody was telling Maggie, too, because she kept making these spur-of-the-moment plans to just move. Yeah. She did that three times in this right, book. Right, right. And, like, everybody was like, that's not how you make decisions. Don't make decisions oh, like that. Right. And she's like, no, it's it's gonna work out. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it anyway. It worked out the last time, to so, be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you understand patterns, but... Um, <laughs> so, they go back to Tanapika, and then there's the epilogue, mm-hmm. where they're about to go to a nice dinner... They're living in a little cottage. And then Courtney is like, okay, get in the car. We're going to go. And Maggie's like, this isn't the way to the restaurant. And they pull over to their little spot in the strawberry field where they used to, like, look up at the stars and talk about their lives. And all of their friends and relatives are there so that Courtney can propose to her. Yes. I was picturing it with a bunch of, like, fairy lights Uh over it. Like a a goddamn um, Pinterest wedding. Same. Right, right. And just, like... Maybe Chinese lanterns yep. or something. And, like, everyone's in, like, all the men are in smart little bow ties. And, mm-hmm. like, it's color. Like, there's a color palette inexplicably. Everyone's, like, Courtney was, like, okay, guys, these are the colors you can wear. Oh, Courtney would definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all gorgeous. In my head. This is, It's just, like, everyone was there. It was happy. Like, the, her parents were, like, teary-eyed. Yeah. And, like, the Berta's teeny children were there. And, like, ah! Um... And that's the end of the book. Yeah. And they get, she says yes. Of course she does. She's, and it was, it was really romantic. It was really sweet. Even though I was like really upset at both of them for, a, for different reasons at different points of the book. As soon as it got to this like proposal, like surprise proposal in the strawberry field. And again, picturing the twinkle yeah. lights and everything. I was like, it's so sweet. Yeah. Well, and yeah. It, like, it'd, make, it'd make for a gorgeous movie. Oh, for sure. And whenever I was, like, upset at them, like, I felt like I was upset at them for, as their characters, not at the writing. More oh, or less. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. Or less. Like, for the was, most part, yeah. Like, But I was like, these are their character choices. These are mm-hmm. who they are. These are the choices these people would make. Mm-hmm. 
they're bad choices and I'm angry at them because the easy choice is there. The, and not the easy choice, the like the the better choice. The better choice. Yeah. The healthier choice. Right. The the choice that's easier and that it makes things easier for people, not that like it's the easiest and thing. And we for also you to know do. these two people are gonna get together. Yeah. So like we see the option for getting together before they do, of course. Obviously. So it was that's Again, another reason why I like these kind of books. Mm-hmm. And this was a good example yeah. of, of these of books like this. Where it's romantic, happy ending, sexy stuff. Yeah. Oh, that sex was sexy. Oh, I know it was sexy. And there was a lot of it. Yeah, there like, was. Like, that first, that, when they, they lost their lady virginities to each other. And then, that was the end of the summer. And then after that, don't have a whole lot of sex that summer. And then the rest of the book is just, like, sex all the time. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. And it was it was sexy sex. It was very sexy sex and loving sexy and, sex. Yeah. And even when it was like rough fun time sex, yeah. it was only it was like the hint that they'd had other rougher sex for fun. Yeah. And it was lovely. It was great. It was so nice. Yeah. Squee. <laughs> Let's go next book. Next book. And then you loved me by Inglith Cooper. People say you can't ever go back. That some of the things that happen to us simply cannot be redone. But the paths of a life journey are rarely straight. They twist and turn and wind back across those once visited and long thought to have faded from existence. Becca Miller has lived her life trying to do the right thing, even when its cost has been giving up the boy she loved and wanted to marry. The sacrifice she made for her sister isn't one she regrets because there was no other choice for her to make. And for 18 years, she lives this choice with full commitment and as little looking back as she can manage. When Matt Griffith returns to Ballard County for the funeral of his grandmother, the path that had seemed so straight begins to loop back and take her across feelings she thought she had put away for good. As it turns out, those roads we've traveled do not fade at all. They simply wait to be retraveled, leaving us with the decision to follow them exactly as we did before, or make a different choice and find out where it will lead us. Parentheses. Previously titled Crossing Tinker's Knob. Close parentheses. So there's that. <laughs> so this book has been reinvented. It has a new name. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's what the, the desk jacket says. But Claire, <sighs> what really happens? Okay. I have to start out right away. So just like the last book, this starts out with like a sort of flashback, sort of in previous times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this one jumps around in time a lot more. Then and now. Right, so there's the then and then there's the now. Isn't that that movie? Yeah. Now and then. Now and then. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen um, it. But so like the two timelines sort of converge yes. is the way it, it goes. Like there's, um, <sighs> like we start off with then and then there's now and then there's then yeah. and then there's Yeah, now. it gets to the point that each chapter has a now section and a then section. Yeah, thank God. Because And then I, there are the Emmy chapters. Oh, God. Yeah, and then there's the Emmy chapter. Okay, this book is a mess. Can I just... I'm going to let you what? do the whole thing. I just want to... like. I feel like a good subtitle for this book would be Why People Need Therapy. Yes. Yes. People need therapy. And this is very evident in this book. But I'm also <laughs> going to say uh, I didn't read through that whole thing but that whole thing doesn't actually give you a lot of information no because i didn't know from the first two chapters i didn't know what time this took this time the time period was Mm -hmm. i was utterly lost because they kept saying bonnets 
We got to get on our dress oh, you and put on the bonnet. You didn't read the intro. I didn't read the intro. I read the intro. I skipped the intro because I hate authors' intros before I read a book. This one was important, though. Yes, it was. It um, explains. It explains the that, old order German Baptist brethren. Yes, who are not quite Amish, but Amish like very close. Yeah, this is like. Off. Men don't shave, women wear dresses with capes and bonnets, mm -hmm. and they don't have technology in their houses, right. really. Well, they can have refrigerators, and there's probably yeah. toasters and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they things, don't but... separate themselves from everyone else. Like, right. they're still angry. But then also, like... Their kids still go to school. Until they're 16. Right, and then the ladies are taken right out. Yep. Um, and there's no radios, no television. Right. It sounds like they still read the newspaper, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, so I didn't understand what the time period Aww. was. We kept going into barns, and there was, like, we're worried about animals, and there's bonnets, and I'm like, right. okay, so oldie times? Because this is in Virginia? West Virginia? Yeah, it's like West Virginia. Okay. The, uh, so the old order of German Baptist Brethren, which is sort of Amish, again, Amish light, and everybody refers to them in the book as Dunkers, because they have a... Um, because part of their baptism ceremony is like fully full immersion of, uh, of a human being. That was not explained. So no, when, I had to look that uh, up. Right when what's his face Wilkes yeah. is that his name? Mm -hmm. Um, when Wilkes was like, "Oh, the Dunker girl," I'm like, "That's not her name. What is he talking about?" No, they kept calling her the Dunker girl. I had to look it up because it's like I was like, "Is that her? That's not her last name." I'm lazier than you are. Evidently. Well, I read the intro. You researched the term were even. Well, no, but like the, because uh, so many times authors' intros like spoil things in the book, mm. and usually don't care about spoilers. But I hate authors' intros where they spoil themselves. Mm -hmm. But yes, again, this one was important mm -hmm. because I didn't know they were Amish light for a long time. Right, and the author is from. She's not. She wasn't raised in this religion, but she's like. The county is based on her home county, where there's a significant population yeah. of this religion. Now, and you could tell that she wasn't raised in this religion because even though, uh, I mean, to be so into this type of lifestyle, surely you're probably going to have a specific type of relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And none of these people did. No. There was like one mention of going to church, maybe two, and then one or two mentions of the Bible, and then a couple mentions of kind of maybe God, but that was it. It was like, that's not actually... Yeah, yeah. It was about like, these are our ways because they are our ways. Right. And not like, God says this, the Bible says that, ergo, right. and ergo. And, well, no, and also like, you know, Becca is the main character. Mm -hmm. and mostly. Mostly. Becca <sighs> makes very specific choices because of her family and because of, you know, expectations. But I also feel like, I don't, you know, even if, if you're born into this religion, mm -hmm. even if you don't believe in it anymore, you probably have feelings about God. Yeah. And about those things. And I was mm. like, to ignore that completely, I felt like ignored a very specific part about this religion, this region, and Becca's life and her choices. And I felt like that made her a less complete person yeah. and was upsetting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to do a, a full big synopsis just because... So here's the thing. <sighs> the two characters we need to know most about are Becca. Mm -hmm. Becca is the woman who's grown up in this religion who is very tied to family and makes a lot of choices based on her family's needs and expectations. Mm -hmm. Matt is her love interest. He was not raised in this religion. Uh, he doesn't really grow up in the town. He goes to high school in this town. 
when they yeah. meet, and then he, he goes moves away there to the big to city. live with his grandmother. Right, because his family dies. Yeah. <laughs> she says so casually. So yeah, there's he moved so there. much death in this book, by the way. There's this a is lot. A, this is a heavy, heavy, heavy book. death book. This is a lot of death in this uh-huh. book. It also turns into a soap opera at the end. Oh my god. She's my sister. She's my daughter. I mean, kinda, almost. Yes, almost. Not quite that. Not but yes. Quite. She's my daughter. She's my niece. Yeah. So so there's Becca and Matt. Then we, uh, and the narrative follows the two of them. So we listen to the, we're in their heads. We are Mm -hmm. also in the head of Martha, who is Becca's mother and the Mm -hmm. matriarch of Becca's family. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Becca's father, Martha's husband, has died previous to the opening of the book. Well, no, because it goes back and forth. That's not true. But previous to the present time in the book. (laughs) And uh, so Martha has to bear the brunt of both the decisions that they've made as part of the family and also taking charge and being sort of in control of all of this. Um, Becca has two siblings, Emmy, who is a catatonic depressive (laughs) and lives in her bed. (laughs) This is not untrue. No, doesn't speak. Doesn't speak, has not spoken since a thing I will talk about. And then there's Aaron, who has been shunned from the family. No, be- that's her husband. No, that's right. No, uh, I mean Jacob. Jacob's the brother. Jacob's the brother who's been shunned from the family. Because he married a black woman. He married a black woman. Who is the only <laughs> black character uh-huh. that we've read so far. <laughs> we can assume. Because <laughs> Captive Prince, they never... They never mentioned. Because it's a whole new world, so who knows? <laughs> who knows? But yes. Great, great. She- also, she's modern quote modern like she's not part of the the old baptist brother she's not a dunker no so uh, also you can assume from the way that she's talked about that there are no black people who right dunkers. they never flat out say why is he marrying her she's black also, but they all think it real it loudly very difficult to read a book that's in this day and age right now when we're talking about all these things that takes place in the south and skirts these issues so lightly. Uh, They're like, oh, this this house was built pre-Civil War, and this is where they hid Union soldiers if they needed to escape. And here's a black person. All, all done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not, it's both not, like not enough, and also because you've touched on it just that little bit makes it that much more offensive. Right. So that was iffy. Anyway, so Becca, in the present time, is currently married to a man named Aaron, and they have a child named Abby. Um, And this is, and Matt is, who is again the love interest, is presently going through a divorce. Um, He is a big city DC lawyer, Mm -hmm. and he's come back to his small town to... Uh, leave behind his divorce and things that are going wrong, but also to take care of his grandmother's, who was his guardian, his grandmother's interests after she has died. Yeah, there's a big house, a big yeah. beautiful house with a secret room that she hadn't lived in forever. Two houses. Two houses. She has the lake she house. She had two houses she hadn't lived in forever. But she got, it got to the point where she couldn't live alone, so she was put in. In a home. In a home. Well, he was off in D.C. Whatever, it's fine. Um, (laughs) So there was this giant house that she'd lived in for most of her life that was empty. And then the lake house. Yeah. Um, So these are the characters. That is the dramatist personae. That is what you need to know. 
Um, I think I'm going to go back and forth. I'm not going to do the plot as it's written in the book. I am going to do what happened in the past first. You're going rogue, girl. Well, because if we do it like the way they do it in the book, because... It's, the, oh, the, yeah. The it's like, is, oh, and remember that that thing and then... Uh, the book is built in such a way so that you're like, how did these two kids mm-hmm. who are in such different worlds, one is Amish light and one is just a regular <laughs> high school bro, how did they ever get together mm-hmm. and how did they ever break up and right. how did this weird thing happen? And everyone always talks about the mistakes that they the made. mistakes. In the vaguest of terms, there's one point I literally wrote, if I have to hear about a mistake, a vague mistake one more time, I am going to yeah. scream. And like, and because it was like, that heightens the drama. Like, how it's written heightens the drama. If this was written linearly, it would have been a very boring book. Also, this book is so long. It's so long. Why did you do this to us? I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that might be a new criteria when we're looking at books just to see how long it is. No, because some long books are good, but this was not one of Yeah, them. but then we spend an hour talking about the plot. I know it. Anyway, so I'm going to keep this short. The first thing we need to know is the act, the terrible thing that happened at the top. Emmy was mm-hmm. having an aff- was ha- Emmy, who's the young sibling, uh, was also seeing some. No, he was he was part of the brother. He was part of the brother. Yeah, yeah, was seeing somebody. They'd gotten pregnant. They had gone off together to just talk quickly about like what they were gonna do. They're and like, they- we're sixteen. We're gonna get married. Our yeah. families will love us still. I think she was technically fifteen. <laughs> Sure. Anyway, so they are going to talk about getting married. Uh, They're interrupted by the town bully. Wilkes. Wilkes. We only find out later it's Wilkes, but it's Wilkes. It's Wilkes. Um, They're interrupted by the town bully who's... uh, Very drunk. Who's an asshole. An absolute asshole. pushes the dude and the dude falls onto a pitchfork and dies. In this very horrible way. Mm-hmm. And our girl Emmy, her brain explodes. Yep. She never speaks again because she thinks this is her fault. Uh-huh. Nobody's there to tell her it's not. Yeah, and be- everybody's like, bury this, bury this, bury this. Because earlier she's like, oh, there's a pitchfork on the ground. I should pick it up. And then he like grabs her and is like, no, let's canoodle instead. And then he falls. And right away, I'm like, somebody's going to get hit with that pitchfork. And then he falls on it. And she's like, if only I picked up the pitchfork. Yes. <laughs> oh, or like not even met him. Like <laughs> Or that too. Whatever. Like, and she's like. And she is the one person that does have a relationship with God, I feel like. And she's like, well, God obviously wanted this to happen to punish me for being a not great daughter. And I'm like, oh, yeah. girl. Well, then the mom does that later, too. Right, right. And so so she goes catatonic and depressive. And the whole family's like, oh, shit, what do we do? You're pregnant and unwed and are the center of a horrible death. Like, how do we make this go away? And our girl Becca goes, I guess I'll marry some dude. Who's obviously in love with me. Who's obviously in love with me and is part of the brethren. And we'll just pretend that whatever child is born is ours. And that's what happens. And everybody has to keep it a secret. Nobody even follows up on the death of that boy. They they cover up the fact that the family covers up the fact that Wilkes was even there. They're like, he he fell. He was in the barn late at night, and he fell. That's it. That's it. So so now they're all accessories to murder. Right. Up to that point, Becca had been seeing the high school jock cool guy. 
Yeah. Baseball? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. And like on Matt, like Matt Griffith. Kind of quietly, but the family knew about it. Yeah, and because it was... he got a DUI and the judge was like, You have to work at the Miller's farm for the summer to like do your community service. So that's how they get to know each yeah, other. Yeah, and that's how they met. And and it's and honestly their getting to know each other story felt realistic and cute. Yeah. And so it's like and it's and you know, she's they they have some lovely alone time together and there's like run-ins with Wilkes because he's a town bully. Yeah. But like he's probably in love with Matt. Is that what's going on? Oh, let's say it. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. probably in love with Matt. So there's a very good chance that he wants to bone Matt and seeing Matt with right. with this girl that he's obviously like not just fucking but in love with. Right. And so Wilkes is like mmm, mmm, Wilkes mmm. overcompensates. That's not in the book. I should say that's not in the book. That's no. our supposition. That's <laughs> that's my queer interpretation of. But so so then so she has to she and Matt, Becca and Matt we're going to kind of maybe run away together. Or yeah, because make... he was like, you should get your GED and let's go to college. And she's like, yes, because I'm real good at school and education is important. Right, because she's dropped out of school because she's part of the Brethren. Yeah. But, so that's what they decide. They're going to get together and move away and it's going to be fine. But then Becca makes this decision, this secret decision, and can't tell Matt why. And she just sort of writes him a letter like, sorry, uh, bro, I got to break up with you forever, even though we just made this decision to be together. Okay, bye. Yeah. And that's the end. Ugh. Fast forward 18 years later. Yep. And Matt has come back for the first time ever mm-hmm. uh, to bury his grandmother, who is his guardian. Whom everyone in the town loved. Right. She's and very nice. also now everyone in the town is like, Ooh, Becca. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they find... Because they were at, like, a family gathering. Yeah. When they find out that uh, Millie is her name. Millie Griffith passed away. Yeah. And, like, everyone related to Becca was just like, that means Matt's coming back. What are you going to do? And they, like, watched her reaction. Yeah. And then it, Becca was like, excuse me, I need to go. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to obviously go cry in the backyard right now. And so... And so Erin, her husband, is like, oh, shit. And her mother's Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. And Abby's like, I'm an adorable girl. Um, (laughs) I don't understand. I'm only 18. 17? One of those. She's 18. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Good for her. She's an Um, adult. So, and then here's what happens. Uh, Over an angsty, but... A uh, normal amount of time. Like 300 pages. And 300 oh. fucking pages. Uh, Matt and Becca get back together. Yup. <laughs> At the lake house. At the lake house. And then the truth is out. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yup. Yes. Everyone finally tells the truth. And everything is more or less fine. Yeah. It's okay. Why? <laughs> I mean, like, the person who should be most affected by this is Abby, mm-hmm. the daughter. She does do the whole, like, oh, my oh, whole life is a lie and I, runs away right. thing. And then my whole life is a lie, but she's like, this is sucky. So I'm just going to marry my high school sweetheart. Again, poor decision making. Right. That, and that's three generations of this family. Or, like, right. three generations, four women in this family who are like, I'm going to marry my high school sweetheart. That's the best idea ever. Because we find out that the mom, Martha, was in love with a boy. Who was also not part of the Brethren. Who was also not part of the Brethren. This is like, nobody wants to be a part of the Brethren, which is something I also hated. Yes. I'm like, no, somebody's got to want to be a part Emmy of the Brethren. Emmy did. 
Yeah, Emmy, Emmy did. did. At the very beginning, she was like, I can tell that my siblings are going to go do other things. And, like, I think that's a poor decision. And, like, mm-hmm. Eli, Mordecai, whatever his name was, she's like, we're going to get married and we're going to be in the brethren. And, yeah, we're young and they don't necessarily approve of us, but it will be great. And, like... I want my life to be exact to end exactly where it started, kind of thing. And yeah. then he dies, and then she stops talking. Yeah, yeah, she just stops talking. She goes, and then she kills me. herself. Yes, this is important. So, uh, so there's the angsty time period where uh, Becca's like, "Look, like Matt, you and I can't be together. This sucks and all, but whatever." Can we and read Matt's- this again and play a drinking game? And every time Becca says, "I can't" or "You should go," we take a shot and then end up in the hospital for <laughs> alcohol poisoning. Fact. Yes, Great. this is a true thing. Um, and it got so much because they kept putting... <sighs> and it was like... <sighs> anyway, so... We, <laughs> the thing anyway. is... So the thing is, the truth would never have come out. Becca would have decided to stay with Aaron for the rest of her life and just be sad as fuck. <sighs> and he knew that she loved Matt and, like, hoped that over the course of their marriage she'd fall in love with him too. Right, and then when Matt, right, and then when Matt comes back and they and she starts hanging out with him and Aaron's like, "I'm a f- I you've made a fool of me to, to after all these years that you never I'm like, that's on you, bro." Yeah. Also, if you marry someone you know doesn't love you and then get pissy that they never love you, you're a goddamn idiot. Yeah, fact. Yeah. Ugh. Uh yeah. Yeah, and and I don't know what Becca thought she was going to do because after an evening with Matt where it is obvious that these two are super hot for each other, but they mm-hmm. don't have sex, they don't kiss or anything. Oh, they do kiss a little. They kiss a little. The only time we see sex at all in this entire book is when, towards the end, when the past timeline is caught up, she finally loses her virginity to him, like, the night before he goes off to college. Yes. No, but that's not, <sighs> that's not true. We do see sex one other time. And it is when Matt's uh, wife comes into town to, like, try to convince him of some... Phoebe? Phoebe. Phoebe Phoebe. comes into town, and they have angsty, sad ex-sex. Because she cheated on him. Right. That's why they're getting broken up. Because she cheated on him with his best friend. Because that's cliche as fuck, and that's what the book needed. Was it a best friend? It was, it was definitely friend. somebody who worked at the same law yeah, firm. Yeah, it was for sure a best Whatever, friend. it's fine. And then, and then was, he was like, how could you? And then she was like, you were never there. And then he's like, because, what are you talking... Oh, that's right. All those times that you were like, let's spend time together. And he was like, I'm too busy. Right, and because he's, like, he's so oh, obviously yeah. in love with Becca his whole life. Still. So this book is a whole bunch of people being like, I made a bad decision. Guess I'd well, better stick with it. I'm just gonna double down <laughs> and not look back ever. Yep. If or I reassess they say anything. That. They say Except that for the Martha. dad. Yeah, the dad is like that. That well, that well he died. but yeah, now that he's dead, and she's like, oh, he said to never question your decisions, but he's dead, so maybe we should now. Well, okay. Before we get to <laughs> that, so let's. I'll just finish this up real quick. So the the reason the reason that they start that everything changes that nobody's going to stay the way they are. Is because Emmy is like, you know what? I can't live catatonic and awful like this my whole life, so I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> right. And it's interesting, too, because the whole book, they, like, have to dress her and brush her hair and help her up and downstairs and, like, kind of feed her. Like, they, they do hand her food and she picks at it. And then she's like, basically, was like, I have them all fooled. Not really. And then, like, in the middle of the night, she's like, time to go now. And goes and walks into the barn and hangs herself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was... Uh, I have strength enough for this. Yes, it was. Honestly, <laughs> that scene was kind of... If this were a different book with different purposes and different needs, like I would say that scene was beautifully written. Like it was very sad. It was very... It was. It was. It yeah, because of course... Aggressively of dark. Of course. Because Emmy, of, like she has a few chapters where even though she's um, non, non-verbal... She has chapters where she's commenting on the state of things. Yeah, and we she's just like the poeticness in her head. Yeah, and she's like, I know that Becca is only still here to take care of me, so oh. I'm gonna go do this. Um, but then, of course, Becca's the one that finds her. Yeah, and has to like cut her down and oh, sits yeah. with her, like cradling her until dawn, yeah. until. Um, Martha happens because they get up early because they're farm people. So Martha wakes up and like sees that the barn door is open, goes into Emmy's room, sees that it... So, it, like, Becca stayed with the her body all night, just crying. Oh, my God. And that was... It was, like, a heartbreaking scene. It, it was. That, that Because was, it, was, yeah. it was beautifully written. And, again, I felt like if this were a different book with different needs, like, this would have been a good scene. But because of what it was, mm-hmm. it was like, no, like... I was supposed to want these other two people to get together, and I honestly need Becca to be alone for a while. Right? She should just, like, go to the lake house. And I need, like, Matt to be alone. Yeah. For a little bit. Yes! Oh, I'm sorry. He's just getting out of divorce, and he's going to go... They were married for ten years, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no. And, like, they obviously did love each other. At one point. At one point. So it was just... Okay. We should explain very quickly, and I apologize, everybody who likes outlines that are neat... I'm going to have to say, so... I'm glad it was you for once, because it's normally me. God, because this book is all over the place. And so I feel like I... It's not my fault. The book was all over the fucking place. (laughs) um, uh, They get these two houses. So the grandma has these two houses, and in her will, she leaves one to Matt and one to Becca. Because Becca's the only person who visits her in the home. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, not even Matt. And then Aaron got all mad at her. He's like, why did you visit her? And I'm like... She was an old lady with no family left. Yeah. What? Also, uh, let's just real quick talk about all the things that Becca has done with her life. Uh, she has started this really neat veg- like uh, heirloom vegetable farm mm-hmm. and business, online business, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They she have a delivers, computer somewhere in that they, house. Yeah, <laughs> she's some, somewhere floating <laughs> around. She, she delivers to local restaurants, and apparently uh-huh. they're like, we have to get Becca Miller's vegetables because they're delicious. Yeah, and, they're, and she's like featured in fancy-ass magazines. Mm-hmm. And then she... She's doing... She sells these seeds. Yeah. Because she still uses the seeds that, like, her grandmother taught her to garden with. Yeah. So. Uh, She takes care of this elderly old woman who's in a home. Mm -hmm. She pretty much takes care of everybody else. She takes care of her mother, Emmy, a daughter who's actually her niece, Mm -hmm. Aaron, who I I guess he's a farmer, but I don't know what the fuck he does with his life. Because also we see that Martha doesn't under, like, she's like... I don't understand mental illness. So when Emmy is not Emmy anymore, she's like, I don't know what to do. And basically, like, there are so many times that Martha's like, she doesn't need a doctor. Obviously, Obviously she needs a doctor. So Emmy dies and writes a bunch of letters and the truth is out. And the truth is out. And they, like, there's nothing anybody can do. The truth is out. So they all make these decisions, which Mm -hmm. is, Becca's like, well, I'm obviously going to be with Matt now. And Abby's like, I'm freaked out for a second, but I'm actually fine with this. 
So I'm going she, to college. And she goes to college and to everything's fine. To be a vet or something. Like, Becca and Matt get together and they live at the at the, uh, at the, the lake, lake house. house. And Martha, like, chills out and goes and sees her son. Yep. <laughs> Whom she hadn't seen forever. And then, like, the son takes over. Because she also has two grandkids that she years. never met. She hadn't seen him for 18 yeah. years. Like, this whole Emmy situation with, with the pitchfork death, like... That starts 18 years of let's oppress ourselves emotionally. Right. So then the brother, Jacob, uh-huh. comes back with his family to, like, take over the farm. Because they always talk about, too, the house is, like, the house that Martha grew up in and her mother grew up in and her right. grandmother grew up in. Right, right. So Jacob comes back with his family to, like, take care of the farm and, like, to continue the tradition in a way that's, like, oh, I guess black people are okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile... Black are okay now that our, we're not emotionally right. repressed. Meanwhile, when um, Martha, like, meets... And I forget her name. Jacob's wife, her daughter-in-law. Well, they say it twice in the book. At the so Walmart. Obviously, and, this author is super woke right and <laughs> and then like knowing the situation jacob's wife is still nothing but nice to martha oh, yeah. and it's like yeah. here's your grandson and it's like oh i guess she's a decent person oh and that bit at the end it's like when she saw the other valley and how we're all the same because we live in different valleys and oh god and each chapter started with a quote i need everybody listening to this to know that neil suddenly sat up and had like to readjust himself and was like very excited i was just (laughs) the each chapter started with a quote oh those quotes were the worst confucius mother Teresa. um uh uh, oh, what's his name from India? Oh, uh, good. Gandhi. Gandhi. <laughs> I'm woke. Shut up. But yeah, it's like the most like trite people. And then also there was one chapter that started with a quote from the fictional newspaper about the kid's death. No, no, no. And I'm are... like, oh, we can just make things up for uh, quotes are now. Are you kidding? Uh, all of the unknown quotes were 100% the author. Oh, yeah. Some of them were author unknown. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like you. oh, it's Ing- you. Ingleth, just up. just write Ingleth Cooper. It's fine. Yeah. Also, I mean, none of them. I was like, oh, these are pretentious as fuck, but also only kind of relate back to the book. It's like these are. The, yeah. It's like here's a quote that you're gonna be impressed by to like apply to other things in your life, and I'm just gonna throw it in because it's sort of related to this yeah. chapter. Like, are we? Can we be done with this? <laughs> yes, we can. Okay, great. Because just, just real quick, I just want to like. Of course, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think, uh, what's the thing is I wanted to say about this book is that the perspective that I was most interested in was Martha's because she's the one that actually changes in the book. Yes. Like everybody she's else is one. just repressed. Right. But they go back to who they really are, which is just right. the person they're repressing. Martha actually changes. She changes her mind about and a lot of things. And listening to her perspective when it's her chapters. Yeah. Like when we find out about the, the first boyfriend. The, well, the first who boyfriend, died because he got enlisted in the Korean War, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, this is God punishing me." Yeah. For wanting things. Yeah, and Ooh. like, and then like she's you know hardcore and strict because she does actually believe these things. Yes. But she's having a crisis of faith too. Mm-hmm. Because her husband isn't there to tell her what to think. Right, and she's lonely. And she, Even though she has a house full of people, right. but she's alienated her children, her grandchild. Because uh, 
Abby picks up on it too. Mm-hmm. Like Abby's like, my grandma is a bitch to my mom <laughs> in front of my face all the time. Yeah. So honestly, like I could have read a book that was completely from uh, with almost all these things that happened that was one hundred percent from Martha's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it wouldn't have been a romance, obviously. But obviously, I I would have liked that book. I think. I mean, maybe I can I could only put up with her for so long. Well, because like it's just. But I think like this a is well the way, thought out. This is the way that it is. Yeah. So many times. So many times, but like. But again, like, this is the way it is, but then she changes her mind about what that means. Yeah, but 300 pages of this is the way that it is, and then 30 pages of I changed my mind. I don't want to read that book. Okay, let me just say this. Like, I think that perspective from a better author. Sure. Yeah, I think it would have been really interesting. Or a novella. Or a novella. (laughs) But you say that about all things you hate. (laughs) Yeah, well, Um, less is more, I suppose. Okay, so yeah, those are books we read. We're done. Yes, but so let's let's fucking marry and let's kill people. Let's fuck marry and kill people. Okay. Uh, right. I'm gonna go first this yeah, time. Yeah, you do it. Okay. So Claire, mm-hmm. fuck Mary, kill. Yes. Evie, who was Margaret's mother from Strawberry Summer, the romance right. writer. Her name was Evie. Right. Uh, Millie, who was Matt's grandmother uh-huh. from And Then You Love Me, or Netta, who was. Courtney's grandmother from Strawberry Summer. So basically, like, matriarchs that everybody loves. Yeah, these were all really loved old ladies. Yeah. Well, Evie's not old. But I know, she's not old Yeah, at yeah, all. yeah. Um, I would have to say, I think I would, I would fuck Evie. Yeah, sure. A romance novelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and her husband's relationship was totally cute. They hot. are so cute together. Like, they flirt at the breakfast table yes. and it grosses their kids out, but they're like, whatever. Yes. We're in love. Totes adorable. Aww. Um, I think I would probably marry Millie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Matt's I would, grandmother. Yeah, Matt's grandmother, Millie. I think I'd probably marry her, if only because she seemed really open-minded, was genuinely yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the few words we got out of her, uh, out about her, like, were super pleasant. Plus, you get the lake house. The lake house, which sounded great. Mm-hmm. Also, there was, like, when Matt and um, Becca first meet, it's because Becca and her mom are delivering mm-hmm. eggs or something. And Matt's like, oh, there's this secret room in my house. And they're, like, preteens or something. Yeah. And then he's like, Matt's like, oh, there's a secret room in my house. Do you want to see it? And Becca's like, yeah, I do. And Millie's like, sure, let the kids go play. And Martha's like, no. Yeah. But Millie's all for it. She's like, oh, I want my grandson to have friends. And I don't care that you're, like, obviously from a different culture. Like, they're kids. They should be friends. Yeah. So she's great. Um, so I think I'm going to kill Netta. <laughs> oh. No, well, I have very good reasons. Oh. One, like. <laughs> you're her, like, that fucking bitch. Her granddaughter's obviously being abused. And she doesn't open her house to her? Mm. Why Why doesn't Courtney ever stay with her grandmother? That's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. That I, woman abandoned her ch- grandchild. I was never under the impression that Netta knew about any of it. I was under the impression that Netta was a poorly drunk character. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right, that's fair. I liked her reading the book, though, because, like... Nice old ladies in small towns. Like, oh. It's fine. I don't know. No, but kill her if you want. That's fine. She's dead to me. She's dead to you. What about you? I think I'd... I'd probably do the same. 
Um, maybe I'd marry Evie. And, like, yeah, I'd get a strawberry farm, which doesn't necessarily interest me, but, like, she's sweet, and, like, there's all that romance novel money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and she... <laughs> all of the romance novelists who listen to this just laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed because you're assuming romance novelists listen to this. <laughs> Um, so I think I'd marry Evie. Also, she's supportive of her queer daughter uh-huh. and hopefully she'd be supportive of her queer husband. Yeah. So I'd marry Evie. Fuck Millie. And I guess I'll kill Netta, even though I don't want to. I'll sad face stab her. Like, this is unfair. <laughs> sad face stab her. <laughs> this isn't uh, fair. I hate doing this. Yeah. Which is what happens a lot in my life. Well, well, it's also why we play fuck Mary kill. Sure. Um... Okay, so I'm going to say uh, Clay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jacob. Okay. Emmy. So the siblings. The siblings. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I would fuck Clay. Yeah. Because um, apparently. Even when you break up, he's so nice that you want to bring him pie. And um, something tells me that he would be a, um, not compassionate, but like a, oh God, what's the word? Like not an unselfish lover, like the opposite of selfish. Okay. But he'd check in with you. Generous. Generous. Thank you, Christine. (laughs) A generous lover. um, (laughs) To, you know, be like... Make sure, like, he, to me, he seems like, even though he's a dumb jock, he seems like the kind of guy that's like, I need to make sure that my sexual, like, my female sexual partners get off before I do, because it's, like, easier for me. So I need to make sure that they're taken care of before I can, like, consider this a completed. And that's why he gets pie. And that's why he gets pie, and that's why I'm going to fuck him. You make me come, you get pie. <laughs> that's actually my motto. <laughs> that's a good That's a good way to live. I'm reassessing all my life choices. Um, I'd be... Never mind. Um, <laughs> um, and so then I will... Fuck... Or no, marry... Jacob, um, because he's kind of like the quote bad boy in that he like whenever the um, whenever the siblings go out to get like if he's driving the truck and it's just the siblings running an errand somewhere he just like starts smoking right away and like listening <laughs> to the, listening to rock and roll on the radio what? right um, and he is obviously like. A wonderful husband and father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is willing after his mom's like, I haven't talked to you in 18 years, but I need you. And he's like, of course. Of course I'm here for you. Which is not what I would do. He's a better person than I am. <laughs> um, so I'd marry him. and we then I'd marry people who are better than I am. <laughs> right. And then, but that only works one way. Anyway. And then I'd kill Emmy because she, wa- she wants to anyway. <laughs> And choices. then, and then her her family would cover up the murder. 
they knew Wilkes was there. They had his hat. Yeah. And they hid it. Yeah. So if I killed her, they'd be like, oh, we can't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'd they'd be fine. The there would be no that. legal ramifications at all. I agree completely with all your choices. I know I Great. should probably disagree, but no, I No. I have fantastic opinions. What about the books? The books. Okay, I... I mean, I feel this is kind of obvious. Right. Well, okay, so for Strawberry Summer, I think, and I know I'm like breaking the mold here. I think I'd be FWBs with Strawberry Summer. Like, I'd fuck it, but more than once. But I don't want to marry it. Like, I wouldn't go that far. But I did enjoy it. And, you know, like, queer small town high school kids pull at my heartstrings. Yeah. And the, and the fact that her parents in the whole town were just like, we just want you and Courtney to be happy. Like, it's so sweet. And, like, yeah, there's some drama. And, but there's this sweet, anyway, I, I'd fuck it more than once. Like, we'd hang out a few times and bone, and it'd be great. Um, and I would kill, and then you loved me, because it is too long and too much. And I just, and the whole, I just wanted to scream at all the characters, get therapy and communicate your feelings. <laughs> Admit that you made a choice that you don't agree with anymore, and choose something else. All of your problems would be fixed. Uh, how do you feel about the books? Um, yeah, I think I would actually, I would marry Strawberry Summer. <gasps> oh. Um, so you're not homophobic anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. Listeners, you should know that Claire is definitely an ally. <laughs> definitely an ally. Definitely an ally. For whatever allyship means anymore. Oh. Um... Anyway, I think, I mean, I would marry it because I genuinely enjoyed reading this book. Mm -hmm. It hit I all those things that you look for. It, it hit all the things, but it also like took turns that were it really did. pleasant yeah, and like yeah, unexpected. Yeah. There were some things I didn't need in it, but honestly, yeah. like, I would, I like, I like this book. I enjoyed it very much. One thing that I feel, if I may interject, one thing that I feel it was missing a lot after Melanie came out to Maggie and she's like, we were the only lesbians under a certain age in our... And I'm like, where are those, I'm assuming, middle-aged small-town lesbians? Because I want to meet those people because they are the best. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. they were great. Um, yeah, and I would also kill... And then you loved me. Um, again, I think, like, there was opportunity for this to be a better book. Yeah. And, I mean, like, there was opportunities for it to be two things. Like, one, for either to be, like... If not sexy, just, like, I wanted the yearning between those two main characters more. Yes. Like, I wanted Matt and Becca to not just, like, be like, oh, we can't do this, but to actually yearn for each other. Right. And I never felt that. And it... Matt was more like that, but it was never yearning. It was always sort of him being like, I feel compelled to go to Emmy's funeral, even though yeah. I shouldn't. I feel compelled to go to the lake house again. Right. Like, we have to talk about it. I'm like, yeah, but you're not yeah, expressing no, your feelings. Yeah, you're not actually going to talk about it. And, like, and it also felt like Becca should have yearned for Matt, not just, like, wondered what could have been. Right. And not just, yes. like... And also, but, like, also really felt genuinely attached to her current life, which she didn't. She didn't. She, except for Abby. Except, well, of course. The, but her like, niece that she's she raising. She didn't feel attached to her current life. Not at all. And she didn't... Because she hates her mom. And she just didn't... She hates her husband. ...want to have that life. Yeah. So she wanted Matt because she didn't want her current life. Right. And I felt like that's not... A basis for romantic fun times. 
So, I, yeah, so I'd kill it. Fair. Um, okay, yeah. and then of all the characters, who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill? Oh, um, I think I would fuck Travis. <laughs> oh, fuck, 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 fuck Travis. I don't even... Are we tapping into high school Claire? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's fair. I've See, for me, because met I'm... this boy. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> for me, because I'm from SoCal, it wasn't the football players. It was the water polo players. Oh. So if we ever... Yep. <laughs> if we ever read a... <laughs> My New Mexico brain doesn't know what to do with this. I know. <laughs> we had pools and no weather. So if we ever read a book about a water polo jock, like, I might slide right off my seat. <laughs> um, Sorry, okay, so, so you're going to fuck Travis. Fuck Travis. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I know he wasn't in the book and he died, but I would marry Clay. Okay. Yeah, no, but he was great. He seemed really pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, open-minded, open-hearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why he never landed a girl, really. I feel like one of them would have stuck around. Right. Well, I think he, it seemed like... He was kind of like, oh, I'm too young to get married, so I'm just, like, dating for fun. Yeah, kind still, of like, but anyway, I yeah. think I'd marry him. Um, okay. I don't know, let's kill Aaron. Like, okay. I could kill Matt, but honestly, like, Aaron, like, I didn't know what he actually wanted. I just knew that he <sighs> wanted to be married to Becca, and I didn't even understand why. Like, yeah. Not it wasn't out of like tradition. It wasn't out of need. It wasn't necessarily out of his big love for her, which I didn't know what he loved in her. Like I didn't know what Aaron wanted and why he was there, and I was done with him. Great. Okay, I would also fuck Travis. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he's a big pretty jock, but then also he's a lovable dope. So like he's a nice guy. Cause I don't I don't truck with hate fucking, so. I'm okay with that. Um, I would marry Melanie. Oh, yeah. The sassy lesbian friend. Because she's great. And, like, the scene where they're at the gay bar and the lesbian, Cricket's lesbian bar. And she was like, Olipon's this hot blonde. And Maggie's like, why don't you go home with her? And she's like, I'm looking for something serious. And that girl seems crazy. And that's not what I need in my life right now. Good choices. Yeah. And then, um... When one of Berta's kids gets in trouble for painting another kid in class. And Melanie's response is, good for him. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I would kill Wilkes, who was the town bully who Uh, killed Elijah or whatever his name was. (laughs) Because also there was that scene where Matt came back and they were at the Red Robin or something playing pool. (laughs) It was a Red Robin. Okay, and I don't know, maybe in the South they have pool at the Red Robin, I don't know. But then Wilkes was like fucking college girls and basically turns to Matt and was like, which one do you want? And I'm like, you're a garbage. And and Matt's like, I'm an adult going through a divorce right now. And these girls are much younger than we are. I want nothing to do with it. And Wilkes like, I'm going to fuck her anyway. So I can kill Wilkes. Wilkes. Kill Wilkes. That sounds great. Yes. I'm on board. Great. Excellent. So there we are. That's the episode. Have a lovely night. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank you, the listeners. Um, uh, and if you like what we do, please um, tell your friends to listen. Word of mouth would be super helpful to just like spread the word, mm-hmm. spread our legs. Spread, spread, spread. Spread, spread, spread. 
Um, and we'd like to thank Christine, our engineer, who for longtime listeners, all three episodes, today was vanilla bean Finlandia cheese. And it's so good. She also composed the music? Yes. She created our theme song um, and is doing all the work. We're just sitting here being assholes and she's doing all the work. So thank you, Christine. Uh, thank you to the authors. And thank you to the authors for your hard work and uh, keep writing. We love you very much. Yeah, just keep doing what you If you don't, don't want listen to listen to us, it's fine. It's fine. Just our opinions are our opinions and you do what you need to do to make your life a better place. And our lives, honestly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you, Claire. And of course, before we go, next time. Oh. I, so basically, I'm like, Claire, these books are too highfalutin for us. Mm-hmm. So um, I picked the books for next time. They are Taken by the T Rex <gasps> by Christy Sims and Alana Bronman. Uh huh. I can't read my writing. Taken it's by fine. the T Rex. Taken by the T Rex. And Space Raptor Butt Invasion by Chuck Tingle. So the theme is dinosaurs. Is it? Is it? I couldn't tell. It is. I'm like, honestly, you're lucky that I wasn't like, first episode, we're doing fucking dinosaurs. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, and we haven't said this before, listeners. We tell you the titles of the next episode's books in the hopes that you will read them with us so that when you come to the next episode, you will have read the books with us so that we can all have a... A gay old time. Yeah, or a straight, or straight old, old time. time. Or a lesbian old time. Or a bi old time. Or pan old time. All of, all of the old times. We're going to have a queer old time. We'll have a queer old time. da 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 da, da. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, yes, thank you. And until next time. Until next time. Until next time.